thank you. So funny, don't you, D'Agostino? <laughs> well, none of your friends are laughing. They know you're the reason they're spending a Saturday in detention. It's not my fault. Well, then who is responsible for the mess in my house? The school system. Oh. 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 <laughs> and how is it the school system's fault? The whole reason why I threw the party, Principal Moss, is because... We're fed up. Yeah. We're adults, you know, and you just keep bombarding us with your rules. Stop treating us like kids. We are fully developed human beings. You teachers are so out of touch. We don't need this A space, J space, put a little love in your heart shit. We need a challenge. You guys have to rethink this whole education thing. It's just not working. Now, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not blaming you. You're just a pawn in the game. It's the government, man. The government sucks. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, uh, now that you've enlightened me as to the real problem here, perhaps you should tell the president about your concerns. In fact, I think you should all pool your ideas together. I want you to draft a 500-word letter to the president on what you'd like the government to do in order to save our education system. Before there was Netflix and chill, there was National Lampoon's senior trip. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. We've been at altitude for two straight weeks, but we're back on the ground. I'm Kevin, joined as always by Jim. Hey, hi, hi there. So as I was saying, when we were in high school and college, I guess, yeah, there wasn't Netflix or any streaming services. Hence, there was no Netflix and chill. I mean, there was like the mail away discs. Remember there was, that? there was for a while, but no streaming services as you youngins know today. So I sound as though I'm going to get canceled. But whenever I'd be in the talking stage with a girl and it oh. reached the point where we were ready to be alone. Have a little coffee. Yes. I could always count on no girl ever having seen National Lampoon Senior Trip. And if she did, she's fucking awesome. Yes, exactly. So it was a win-win. It oh, was like, time. oh, I got this movie. It's awesome. You got to come watch it. You ever meet, like when we were younger, you ever meet a girl? And she just surprises you. Say, yes. for instance, this movie. She's like, ah, oh, you probably never saw it. Natural Lampoon's senior trip. She's like, Miyoski. Yes. You're like, oh, yeah. I want to marry I you. Just get down on one knee and propose. Exactly. Yeah, those moments are always wonderful. Ah, uh, they come few and far between. So actually, until this day, I think the only girls who have seen National Lampoon's senior trip are the ones who saw some of it in my bedroom. <laughs> That's it. Wait, was that your go-to tape? That was it. Really? Yeah, it was, uh, you'd start talking to a girl and, you know, my parents were pretty cool about girls coming over or whatever. So I'd be like, well, what do you want to do? Sometimes there was like a putt-putt or an yeah. ice cream first date, that sort of thing. But but sometimes it was just, well, I have this movie. Have you ever seen National Lampoon's Senior Trip? And they were always like, I've never even heard of it. And the weird thing, mine was rad. Yeah, that was go. my go-to. There you go. So they'd just come the and- dumb bike? They'd come and watch that and you get the rest. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, however, have seen this movie a ton Jesus. since its release in 1995. National Lampoon's Senior Trip was directed by Canadian director Kelly Macon. He also directed the Kids in the Hall movie Brain Candy, as well as Mickey Blue Eyes. Oh, the Mickey Rourke joint. Is it Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking it was uh, Hugh Grant for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Shit. I could be wrong too. It just sounds like it would be Mickey Rourke. 
Well, it's called Mickey Blue Eyes. You think it's a documentary? It's not about Mickey fucking Mouse. I'm I'll tell you that much. Keep it going. I'm looking it up. It's got to be Mickey Rourke. This is probably halfway through his face change, Mickey Rourke. Nope. It's Hugh Grant. It is Hugh Grant. Wait, did I just pull Jonathan Sheck, Dolph Lundgren? Did. Uh, uh, this is a... Uh, same person. The film's title comes from Michael being forced to impersonate a gangster who is spontaneously named Kansas City Little Big Mickey Blue Eyes. All right, so that sounds dumb. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say the guy's name was Kansas City. I'm like, all right. Kansas Fine. City, great name. This movie is part of the very distinct 0% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Club. It's a proud badge of honor. Yes, I like some of those movies. We've covered a couple zeros. Yeah. Jim, based on the 0% score, tell us how much dough this one raked in against the budget, along with news and number ones at time of release. I'm going to guess the presidents of the United States had a number one song with either Lump or Peaches. Peaches. Probably, neither one probably was actually number one, but... WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Nat Lamp scene trip, as I like to call it, came out a week before my 14th birthday, September the 8th, 1995. And here's the thing with this budget. It's not dictated anywhere, but looking at the movies of the time, we can do a reckless speculation, a rec spec that is probably rec specs? a rec spec. The virus is wearing some rec specs. <laughs> probably. I would say it's probably between seven and nine million. Yeah. So Billy Madison, Empire Records were both around 10 million. Round, yeah. This was not that. I'd probably put it five, seven, eight million dollars. Tommy Chong didn't have that high of a contract demand, just a ton of weed. Yes. It made $4.6 million at the box office. This movie making four and a half million dollars. Yeah, I'm very surprised this got a theatrical release. Do you remember it anywhere? I was like, it didn't come here in Niles at all. So last week, everybody, we had the part two, the Top Gun Maverick or TG Mav spoiler cast. And at the time of last week's recording, Top Gun Maverick made $300 million. So here is your Top Gun Mav box office update as of today, June 8th, 2022. Right now, Top Gun Mav is at an even $600 million. Yeah. Pulling in some some uh, international money. Big time. Still obviously going strong domestically. This I, might go to, it might make a billion. I think in a month, we're at the 4th of July. Perfect 4th of July movie. But who knows with these gas prices? I have no idea. But I see you can rent it now on Apple TV. So I wonder if that goes into the figures. I don't know. Now, National Lampoon's Senior Trip, there was one place you would have to get it, and it would be a Blockbuster Video. Here are your top three movies at Blockbuster Video. Here's a good one, Kevin. You might remember this one. Sinbad, Phil Hartman, house guest. Saw it in theaters with, whoa, a ton of classmates. So I don't know whose parents organized it. A shit ton of my classmates, like 25. I, till this day, think about it. Every time I see the movie, because, well, I don't watch the movie, but yeah. every time I see the cover in like a store or whatever, that also sounds weird. It's not like you come across <laughs> a ton of copies oh, of yeah. house guests, but you get what I'm saying. Every time I come across the movie, I think back to, I'm like, anybody else in that theater had to fucking hate us. Could you imagine? No. go Imagine going to see a movie and there's 25 11-year-olds in there. I'd fucking kill myself. Number two, Kevin and I briefly talked about this pre-show. Damon Wayans in Major Pain. Not a good movie. One tibby tibby. 
really bad. The only good Damon Wayans movie, in my opinion, was either The Last Boy Scout or Mo Money, Mo Money. What about uh, Blank Earth, Man? Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, God, I totally forgot about that one. Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum and Damon Wayans. I don't remember who plays the third alien. That's right. I totally forgot about I that one. I love Blank Man. I don't mind Blank Man. I'm a crime fighter. fighter. And speaking of a funny voice, these guys were the number three rated rental. The Jerky Boys movie. Whoa. Remember, I remember guys dubbing over fucking cassette tapes and trading these. Like, you got to hear this Jerky Boys yep. album. It was a product of its time, but holy shit. I don't think it holds up either. If you go back not and like listen to Jerky Boys CD, it's really not funny any longer. At the time, it was. But to me, the old Adam Sandler movies are still, or the... CDs like they're all going to laugh at you. And to me, it was always at a medium pace. Yeah. And Tollbooth Willie. Yeah. Tollbooth Willie. Fuck. Yes. Here's a fucking change. You filthy asshole. Kevin to the news. A little thing on the internet, Kevin, that kind of went crazy. You might have heard of it. Electronic Bay or yeah. eBay was created this time by Pierre Omidar. Good old, uh, good old French guy. Some trivia for you. Created the eBizzle. The Washington Post and the New York Times published the Unabomber's Manifesto. Good old Ted K. That Talk piece of him some piece of shit. And the trial of former NFL running back and broadcaster and actor O.J. Simpson is sent to the jury. And boy. Did they fumble? Yeah. Pardon the pun. Now let's throw it over to our man, our myth, our legend, eternally in our hearts, Kurt Loder and MTV News. Hi, I'm Kurt Loder with an MTV News Brief. All right, Kevin Little. Cleveland News, a couple weeks ago, we mentioned this back in 1986, that Cleveland was chosen to be the head of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the building itself. Well, Kevin, this time it opens in Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1995, I've gone there only one time. I've mentioned this in the past. My parents bought me the Metallica Load album. What do you remember seeing? Not a goddamn thing. To be quite honest with you, I just don't. It just opened and it's like, uh, whatever. Like two things that stand out to me. Like I remember seeing like they have Elvis's car and yeah. some Elvis's clothes and Michael Jackson's like thriller costume, stuff like that that seemed like big deals. I remember two distinct things. One, Otis Redding was in a plane crash and they have parts of the plane. Why the hell? And I don't know if he died in the plane crash, but like, I just remember being like, I don't like that. At that point, did they have Mama Cass's half eaten sandwich she choked on? Ham sandwich. What Uh, the hell? Well, yeah, like if somebody got shot, did they have like, here's the murder weapon? Yeah. But the other thing is I can actually remember like shedding a tear. I don't know why, because I don't care for the door. I, I don't dislike the doors. I just. You're indifferent. Not to me. You know, whatever. Yeah. But they had Jim Morrison's childhood drawings. That shows like, you from when, Yeah. I don't know. It, he wrote like a note to his mom. Okay. And stuff. And just like thinking about, you know, like a child and like drawing things for the yeah. parents, which my kids do for me now, like something about about it you know you think of, of jim morrison the lizard king oh, on yeah. drugs and died young prematurely but then it's like well before he was the lizard king he was just a kid who like loved his mom yeah real weird i don't know like i remember seeing stuff like that i love museums like i don't care if it's rock and roll or fucking postage stamps or i think half my problem was i was 14 years old and i just didn't have an appreciation for any of that yet couldn't wait to get through to the other side to get your load cd <laughs> boy going home and listening mom, to un- if i have to deal with this shit i'm getting load mom put until it sleeps on track eight the fact that i remember what fucking track number is bad news kevin we've talked about this before in excesses michael hutchins pleads guilty to punching a photographer 
therefore good for him. Yeah. And we all know what happened to Michael Hutchins. Emilio and Gloria Stefan's boat hits and kills a jet skier. Oops. Whoa. Yeah. Every now and then we have that climatic like holy shit they did this remember the brandy revelation we yeah. had in the news this was close to it it's like i don't ever remember hearing this but gloria stefan she's out there on the miami death machine that's right doing the congo george were you ever out on a boat i hope not good evening everybody i'm george michael welcome to the sports machine now kevin i can remember this because i have it recorded on vhs cal ripkin jr Breaks Lou Gehrig's record playing in 2,131 straight games. You'll never, ever see this ever again. Such a weird record. Like, yeah, uh, I think a- it ended at like 2,632 or something like that. Yeah, it's it's real weird. I mean, like Joe Thomas from the Browns had a similar uh, streak of consecutive snaps, like 103 or something like that. It was way more than that. 103 games. Yeah, or yeah. It was Iron Man records are weird because you yeah. don't really think about it. You think about points. You think about all these. Like, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird to think about Iron Man. Just like the best ability is availability. Well, we've talked about this because there is more of an eye now when it comes to athletics and health. Yeah. They're talking about lowering the NBA season they down should. to 58 games. I'm fine with that. The Major League Baseball season needs to be lowered quite substantially. 14 games. I'd be, give me seven. Yeah. Seven games once a month for seven months. We're done. All right. Yeah. I, I think the argument, I don't give a shit, but I think the argument is the athletes themselves, their place in history, because less games equal less numbers. Yeah. They'll never hit 500 home runs or 3000 hits. Well, the big difference too, is back then there were no such things as guaranteed contracts. No. You had to play to make the money. Now it's guaranteed right off the bat. So what incentive do you have? You don't give a shit about well, you've got to earn it. Bef- they don't just like give. Well, I mean, but most of them, right when they sign up to bat, they're guaranteed. It's almost like 50, 60 million dollars. Yeah. And baseball, I mean, you get, they fuck you over big time because yeah. you get nothing. And then they lock your contract up in arbitration in the NFL. Uh, they bumped that down years ago, where if you get drafted, cause it used to be the guys getting drafted out of college yeah. would make more than veterans. And then they were like, yeah, that, that doesn't seem right anymore. So those guys were earning it through their college careers. But yeah, I mean, you at least have to pay some dues to get to that next echelon of contract. would hope so anyways. The Cleveland Indians, the good old Cleveland Indians, break the 1902 Pittsburgh Pirates record for largest lead over a second place team of 27 and a half games to win the Central Division. I believe Cleveland is 25 and 26 right now, so yeah. mediocre to say the least. Your number one movie in America at this time, Kevin, our man, the myth, the legend we have in our studio on the Lifeguard Wall of Fame. We also have his VHS tape of him dancing. Patrick Swayze in Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Boy, did that movie stir up a shit storm. Weird that it happened. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool movie. But yeah. like very for the time. Taboo. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was Swayze, Leguizamo, Crossdressers. Wesley Snipes. Yo, that's yeah. right. I forgot about Wesley Snipes and that. A thing that Wesley Snipes or Patrick Swayze or John Leguizamo was not a part of was your number one song in America off the Dangerous Minds soundtrack, Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise. Featuring LG. That's right. In the pistol smoke. Yes. Yes. I was like, God, can somebody get that guy a fan? And He's then, sweating his ass off. And Weird Al parodied it with Amish Paradise, Amish Paradise, which is great. And Michelle Pfeiffer just weirdly staring at Coolio throughout that whole yep. damn video. 
But Kevin, that's all that was going on September 8th, 1995. Open the door. I'm sorry, man. We got a schedule to keep. <laughs> Open the door. What's the magic word? Open the door. What's the magic word? Please. The magic words rock and roll, man. All right. We had two taglines for this one. Stupid tricks, outrageous chaos, total destruction. They're taking it on the road. What even is that one? Fucking REO Speedwagon. Some marketing agency's probably real proud of it. So wordy. I don't know that one. I do know this one. Four score and seven beers ago, they came, they saw, they passed out. That's fine. Yeah, again, not helpful. No, I mean, but... But at least, like, okay, it kind of sets the stakes for what kind of movie you're going to I just don't watch. understand why things have to be so wordy. Well, what do you want the tagline to be? I don't know. Got milk? <laughs> there you go. That's Jim... Uh, Jim wrote that and he got hot dogs he's responsible for got milk that's why we've got this studio exactly all right let's all get stupider as i give the plot so the movie did an interesting thing our movie begins at fairmount high school which is a real school in the suburbs of dayton ohio really typically fake schools are used and in this case i can't imagine that the school was stoked about how the school is represented Uh, i would think not because what is the benefit to using a real school none whatsoever if it's like an autobiographical movie then okay maybe use a real school but like in this there's no benefit to using an actual place except you and i would be like i went to the school that they filmed nationally i would see your trip in i bought one time at a thrift store i bought a basketball jersey because it said fairmount oh hell yeah so i have a fairmount basketball and i like to think it's from that school i would why not So our movie begins with students going to the auditorium for an assembly featuring a band called High on Life. As the band plays, our main character... I thought the lead singer chick was cute. She gets her clothes ripped off. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Bloomers. Uh, Our main characters of Mark Dags D'Agostino and Reggie Berry sabotage the assembly by exposing that the band is lip syncing. Hey, V-Man. What? (sighs) Hey, guys, what's up? Virus man, we have to um do something about this lip-syncing shit. Cool. What do you got in mind? They had the music replaced, which leads to an assembly breaking out in a party. It's just it's weird. It's like, okay. Everybody like mosh pits. Yes. Next, Dags and Reggie gather the seniors to cut class for a party they're throwing at school principal Moss's house. In the middle of the day. Yes. <laughs> The class president, Steve Nisser, narks on them for the party. Moss breaks it up and gives all of the attendees detention. During detention, he makes the students write a letter to the president of the United States explaining why and what they feel is wrong with the U.S. education system. The next day, when Moss arrives at school, there are news crews waiting, which I guess this is a logic issue. That letter traveled very fast. Yes. Because it's just like the next day, there's a bunch of news crews just sitting there waiting for him. He assumes it's the result of more pranks by Dags and Reggie, as they're known to do. But instead, Moss learns that they are being visited by Senator Lerman, who is there on behalf of the president, who was moved by their letter. I think it's a proud day for Fairmount High that the president has asked these fine, upstanding students to speak on behalf of his education reform bill. 
We need bright young leaders for the future of this nation. Who else is better to comment on this country's educational problems than the students themselves? By golly, I think the president has really hit a home run on this one. However, big shocker here, the senator is corrupt. No. And, and wants to use this as an opportunity to humiliate the president. The president has invited the students from detention who wrote the letter to Washington, D.C. The students quickly turn the bus into a party, drugging the principal who slips into what? Basically a coma. Yeah. After they steal alcohol from a convenience store, one of the students named Carla puts makeup on Moss while he's passed out. Doesn't he look pretty? Oh, that's much better, man. Much better. Yeah. <laughs> He's my pretty little principal. And makes out with them. Yes, which I, so weird. I've seen a hundred times, but for some reason when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, yeah. like when she kisses the president or the, <laughs> kisses the principal. Same thing. There is another subplot where a Star Trek obsessed life uh, crossing guard. Love this. Pursues them on their trip. Travis. He hitches a ride from a vacationing family. Travis to Excelsior. I have Klingon vessel in sight. Follow that bus, Mr. Sulu. Sulu. I'm Mr. Wu. While Travis is on the tail of the bus, Red, the bus driver, dies of a drug overdose, and the bus nearly goes into a lake. Dags does his best Jack Traven impersonation from speed before stopping the bus. Travis, however, ends up in the lake with the family, or does he? They arrive in the room in D.C. It's like an hourly rate motel type of thing. The students lace chocolates with tequila and give them to trip chaperone Miss Milford, which why is she even on this trip? That was her first day at the school. She doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No sense. Drunk Miss Milford seduces Principal Moss and the students leave to go to a party at the hotel next door. At the party, the smart girl Lisa Perkins, who everyone thinks is stuck up, seduces Dags on the roof of the hotel. The next morning, Lisa discovers the senator's plot to use the students to embarrass the president. When Miss Milford and Moss wake up, there are no students in the room where they're supposed to be. When they find them, the students inform them of Senator Lerman's plot. It appears that Senator Lerman has invited us to Washington for the sole purpose of embarrassing the president in order to destroy his education bill. What? Everything we need to prosecute is in here. The senator kidnaps one of the students named Miyoski, who Jim loves. Love Miyoski. Who is a drunk mess and takes him to the White House. When they arrive at the White House, Moss stands up for his students after everything they've done to him. The senator's plot is exposed and the seniors go home. The film ends with title cards of what happens to the students. Pretty weird thing about like something I don't understand is the president leans over and tells Senator Lerman, I want to see you in my office. Like Senator Lerman isn't really the president's employee. No. So he's like been put there by the people. Yeah. So like wanting to see him in his office, like what's he going to say? He can't fire him. No, that's what I mean. It's real weird. All right. Let's talk about some characters. Jeremy Renner as Mark Dags D'Agostino. His title card 
says he became a junior ambassador to Italy. Somehow, somewhere. It makes no sense. Like There's Italy. Like, Why Italy? Yeah. Well, he has an Italian last name. Yeah. Good point. That's e- it. Eric Sparky Edwards as Mioski. He did nothing. He has no linkable name in Wikipedia. No, which is crazy because we saw him. In, He's been in other movies. We we covered him in, in Problem Child 2. That's the right. Midnight movie scene or Midnight Movie Night podcast. Uh, Matt Frewer as Principal Todd Moss. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Let's see. He was the lawnmower man. Yeah. He was also best known for Max Headroom. Yes. Tommy Chong as Red, the Dope King. Valerie Mahaffey as Miss Tracy Milford. Rob Moore as Reggie Berry. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, no career. Nothing. Can't, doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Lawrence Dane as Senator John Lerman. Kevin McDonald as Travis Lindsay. You'll know him from Kids in the Hall and some other things. Michael Blake as Herbert Jones. No Wikipedia. Tara Strong as Carla Morgan. Credited as Tara Cherendoff. Nicole DeBoer as Meg Smith. Star Trek. Sergio Dezio as Steve Nisser. Would you ever imagine? Sergio Disease. Sergio Disease as Steve Nisser. Never would have imagined. Fiona Lowy as Lisa Perkins. Catherine Rose as Wanda Baker. No Wikipedia. Danny Smith as Barry. Virus Kemmer, Kay Tremblay as Mrs. Winston, and yeah, everybody else is kind of an extra. So, which actor actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? To me, it's Principal Moss. Dagestino and Barry, it's alive. It's precisely 8:26, and you two dopers are still roaming the halls. Why aren't you two at the assembly? Principal Moss, we've been looking everywhere for you. What are you talking about? This guy just totally trashed your car. He's great. I love Moss. No matter what kind of shit he, they fuck his house up. Yeah. Do a party midday. Logic point here. I'll just throw it in there. All they get is a Saturday detention for it. Right. That's it. And if it wasn't for his idea of writing a letter, they never would have went to Washington. They just, yeah, they destroy his car with a wooden flagpole. Yes. He gets trapped in a fucking convenience store bathroom covered in piss and like 20,000 flushes. They don't want to make fun of him for smelling like piss at all. He gets tranked. Yeah. They put makeup on him. He rolls with it. And even in the end, he sticks with them. And for some, these kids love this guy. He understood the assignment. He did. He truly like leaned in when, when Miss Milford's getting drunk watching Lassie and you see him on the bed, he's got like the sleep mask, the pajamas, and he's chugging Pepto-Bismol. Well, he was watching porn. Yeah. He was and when she comes in, she's like, oh, Lassie, all there is on my TV is porn. Yeah. All right. Why don't we move on to best scenes? I will say my favorite before we get to best scenes is Reggie. What do you mean? doesn't know he's a crossing guard hey dickhead don't you even know your way around the neighborhood i just love his delivery of like all of his lines it's just he's so odd when they're partying on the bus and he walks up and he knows like moss is out because like red is kind of like just like wiggling the steering wheel and moss's head just keeps bouncing off the window and reggie says moss is in a coma Let's party. <laughs> and then he says, principal dickhead. And then he says, Senator dickhead. I love and it. then when the crossing guard, when they're asking for directions, yeah. he says, don't you even know your way around the neighborhood? It's the fact that he sits in the back of the bus. He sees Travis in the car with Uhura. Yeah. Everybody just thinks he's high. Yes. And he starts doubting himself. Yeah. And then he eats all the weed. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. Travis a little later. So Jim, why don't you go ahead and give us your first best scene? One, it's kind of weird. Principal Moss gets the narc. Steve Nisser. So Steve Nisser comes into his office. This is like at night. For some reason, Moss is in his office at night, which is weird. So Nisser comes in. He's like, I guess you're wondering why I asked you here in the middle of the night. I need a... 
special favor from you, Steve. Something that'll be our little secret. You up to it? What are you doing? But I thought you... I don't want that, you idiot. Sorry, sir. And there's just this shot of them above the waist, and all of a sudden, Nisser starts going down like he's going to blow him. He's like, what are you, not that? Not that. He's trying, he thought he was going to blow him. Yeah. And he was all going to do it. He's going to stick his dick. Oh, what are you doing? the principal's dick. And then the only reason he goes along with what the principal wants yeah. him to do, which is being a narc, like meeting the president, that'll for sure. Like, his transcripts. Yeah. Yeah, that one's wild. Yeah. My favorite scene. Also very random. I love this scene. When the typing teacher dies and no one notices. <laughs> So Stephen Lawrence, the editor of this movie, I love virus in this, deserved an award for the comedic timing of how this scene was cut. So I always thought this was one of like, again, the funniest things ever. So anyone listening from a younger generation probably didn't have a typing class. I had a typing class. I did too. Our typing teacher would sit in the middle of the room, wear skirts and not underwear. Interesting. Like literally. She was like on the younger side. I don't understand it. So she was a cutie. So we had typing class where basically the teacher would be like the cat and then you just type okay mine was different we had to meet a certain like words well, yeah there, you okay. work up to that yeah but there'd be like they'd say a phrase and you'd type it but then sometimes they'd give you a script and you'd have to type that without looking at the keyboard right exactly so and it was just an hour of that yeah so the teacher is having a heart attack he's doing like it's so good a space b, b space. space simultaneously while this is happening one of the stoner kids is trying to turn his computer on. He's like, hey, how do you turn this on? Hitting it. He's banging it and stuff. The teacher goes like, ah, <laughs> virus types. Ah, ma, As it's cutting back to the yeah. screen as he's typing. It is, and he's just typing it. So then there's this little like virus types it, does this like pause, a sniffle, and hits enter. And the second he hits enter, the stoner kid tears the top of his keyboard off. It's, it's like perfect. a smash cut. The timing is so great. It's really funny. The teacher is dead. And then they're like, have a nice weekend. Like they're like leaving class and the teacher's just standing there dead, which enter Miss Milford. She gets yes. hired to take over his typing teacher since dude died. My next one is Miyoski ripping a fart on the internal flame <laughs> of Hoover. <Yo>. Virus. <laughs> Pull my finger. Come on. Of J. Edgar Hoover, they're at Arlington National Cemetery. And of course, when you have somebody like Miyoski, who is a human enigma, let me tell you, he's a weird looking dude to begin with. Perfect part for this guy. And of course, there is the eternal flame. Yes. They're talking about how great J. Edgar Hoover was. And the one guy is like, yeah, he's just a cross-dressing fuck, you know, just a real piece of shit. So Miyoski's like, get out of the way. And then there's this big shot of like the whole class. I think they're trying to do a picture. Well, yeah. So when they got to D.C., Moss like knows their reputation for fucking up everything. Doesn't want to let them see any of the sites. So Miss Milford cries and says, can't we just stop for one picture? So they stop at the eternal flame to take one picture. And Miyoski 
rips a big ass fireball fart on Hoover's eternal flame. He puts it out and puts it out. And he catches Travis on fire in the process. Travis is an indestructible. He can't die human being. Yeah. He drowns. He burns everything. There's a news report where they call him the flamer. Flamer. I like another Miyoski scene. So at the high on life assembly, Reggie and Dag's get virus to like switch the music it's some like rap rock like yeah. early anthrax yeah like rap type stuff everybody starts moshing the second that they turn on the music Miyoski wakes up out of a deep sleep and just instantly starts dancing So he heads his way up to stage and Steve Nisser, who I get the feeling organized this whole thing with high on life. He's trying to like talk sense into the singer and she's like afraid. So Steve Nisser grabs her clothes when she goes to run away, tears her clothes off completely. So as soon as she's running away, Miyoski gets up behind her and starts doing these like (laughs) dance moves against her. It's like, it's so stupid. It's so funny. My next one is once again, another random throwaway scene that I just laugh my ass off. So they are partying in the hotel room, the bounty burger, the bounty burger. Yeah. So they tried to stay at a hotel and I think they like break like a vase or something instantly. And they're like, yeah, you don't have reservations. You're done. But when they were there, they noticed there was going to be a party. These are dumb stoner, like 17 year old kids. All they see is party and that's good enough for them. Well, to do party, corporate heads, politicians, the one guy who owns the burger company comes up to Lisa and starts fucking creep. Like I want to fuck you. And she's a teenager. Yes, right. Which and she pulls the king of all moves. She fucks with him, gets the key. Yeah. So she's like, get the crew. We're gonna have a party up at his place. This one scene within that party, I totally forgot about it. I started laughing wildly when I was watching it. Virus just starts playing the piano with his own dick. <laughs> yeah. And he's just hopping up there's, and down. There's someone standing there watching. Him he's do playing it. chopsticks with his dick. And I just started laughing uncontrollably. Virus is a very, I don't even know how to put this. He's a throwaway character, but he's not like he's very essential. They try to make him the AV club nerd. Yeah, I mean, like he, the wears chess the sh- club. he wears the yeah. shirt. Chess club, that type of kid, which that leads into, this is where I thought you were going. There's Carla, wh- whereas Virus is like the AV nerd, Carla, they try to make her like slut. No, big time. Like the stereotypical like girl who gets around. So Boobs are always out. Carla's like hitting on politicians, like old men, and everybody's pretty much drunk, passed out, all ready together. Virus is just standing there looking around, and Carla... <laughs> yeah decides to like walk over to virus she this scene is hilarious she walks over she unzips her dress and says hey virus bet you never made moves like this in your chess club wanna screw excuse me yeah it was great for me too and virus proceeds to come in his pants. And then he runs away. And then he runs away and she says, mm, that was good for me too. <laughs> Another one I have there. Perfect. Principal Moss, as Jim mentioned, he's in his room watching forest humps. <laughs> checked all the 
rooms, everyone is present and accounted for. Very good. Thank you, Miss Milford. Oh my gosh. Lassie! I love Lassie! 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 Do you mind if I watch? All I get is pornos on my TV. Now, this hotel they're on, they have the two-way mirror. Yeah. So all the students in the next Are room watching. can watch everything going on in there. And it's like a jungle theme. It's so weird. It's odd. Yeah. So Principal Moss is watching Forest Humps on the TV, and Miss Milford knocks on the door, says, oh, it gets porn. But Moss has hurried up and changed the channel. To Lassie. To Lassie. And she goes, Lassie, I love Lassie. So the kids give her tequila-laced chocolates. She gets drunk. Big time. Moss... He wants to go to bed. He's, He's like over it. ready to go to bed. He's like had enough of Miss Milford. So she starts taking off her top and she goes, you think my breasts are too small? She is like real drunk. I don't know where she just starts referencing her tits. Yeah. She's like, you think my breasts are too small? And he goes, no, they're perfect. And uh, so she seduces him. It's real funny when they wake up in the morning. There's like two parts that are funny. They wake up in the morning. They both realize it was like a colossal mistake. Senator Lerman comes in the room and is like, we're doing with the Capitol and you're parking the math teacher? Well, then when everything works out at the end of the movie and they've beat DC and the president claps for him, Miss Milford says to Moss something like, wasn't it a great trip after all? And he goes, no, it was horrible. <laughs> He's like, yes. All right. So Jim, school just got out. Summer hasn't even officially started, but something that I would like to get on the calendar right now is a pool party. So, uh, we heard that you're having a pool party. Mind if we come? Sure. You can bring your brothers and sisters, too. Everyone can come. Cool. That's right. Like Will B said, we want you to come to our pool party. We've done this a few times, but if you need a refresher, using movies as a reference, we create a scenario where we say the universe we're living in, what we're wearing, drinking, and so on. It'll all make sense in a minute. Senior Trip came out in 1995, so the universe we're living in must be any time prior to September 95. So, Jim, you want me to go first? You want to go first? You go ahead and go first. Okay, so my universe, we're going to Waynestock. Nice, Waynestock, Waynestock. My universe is Wayne's World 2, which was released in December 1993. Wayne Campbell's version of Woodstock, an old man fashioning a kayak. Out of a log. Out of a log. So my universe, technically you can use it for the television movie or the book. My pool party I've structured differently. In the veins of this movie, I decided to do a road trip. Great. So this is how I'm doing mine. The universe in which this takes place, Kevin, this is going to be weird for you. I'm picking Stephen King's The Stand. Whoa. Why? A lot of people have been wiped out. There's no traffic. There's just more time to spend with the people you want to go with. And then with the pool party and the road trip in which it is, I need a starting point and an end point. I'm starting from the northern tip of Maine which is Escort Station. And I'm going all the way to the Santa Monica Pier. That's 3,146.8 miles, or for you pole sceners across the pond, 
5,064 kilometers across the country. I like it. I like that you thought of point A, point B. Now in mine, it just, we start here. Start here in Youngstown, Ohio. And for a vehicle or car, well, Wayne Stock is outside of Chicago. Yes, it is. In Aurora, um, Illinois. Yes. So. Excellent. We we're gathering a crew and we're renting a charter bus. Ooh. The nice thing about a charter bus is it's also a place to catch some sleep for those like me who don't want to sleep in the mud. Sorry, I'm just not a fan of camping, getting bit by mosquitoes and drinking by a fire and then hoping a bear doesn't get in your tent. No, thank you. No, fuck that. So everybody else, you watch the bands all day. I'm going back to the bus. Yes. Even if I have to lay across like two seats. That's fine. It's better than a fucking mud pile. Smelly hippies. Dude, I totally agree. So my car that I'm using, I'm a driver of a 1975 Winnebago Brave with the brown W on the side and orange shag carpeting while I wear my Magnum PI outfit, Hawaiian shirt, short shorts. Okay. That's what I'm doing. So my outfit, it's going to be hot with thousands of people cramming into Adlai Stevenson Park outside of Chicago. <laughs> I'd blend into the grunge trend, ripped jeans, ripped enough so nice. some breeze can come in them. Can't wear shorts because I don't want the mud and shit all over my legs. No, you don't want gooch mud. So ripped jeans, striped t-shirt, lightweight flannel in case I start getting too much sun. Okay. So, no Chucks or Doc Martens, because I, I want comfort. You're going to be walking yeah. a lot. I'm going Adidas Sambas. Okay. Hell yeah. We love our Sambas. One of my favorite shoes. I love them the most. So drinks. I need to output this Winnebago with drinks. I'm going to have Coronas, water and Gatorade to flush it out, and then Margs. Tons of margaritas. It's going to be lit within that Winnie. So I literally really wanted to say margaritas. I pretty much always want a margarita. Yeah. Pool seniors, if you ever see me out, buy me a margarita. Yeah, a big one. It's got to be beer for me. So White Claws didn't exist yet. So whatever light beer, because we're going to be drinking on the charter bus. Michelobes. So beers, that's the type of thing you want on a oh, charter yeah. bus. And then we're going to be at the uh, festival again. At a music festival, White Claw is kind of perfect. Oh, we, yeah. They were made for moments like that, other than kind of high in sugar. But anyway, beer. It's just beer. Oh, yeah. Doing a lot of beer. Gets I would love done. margaritas, but they don't lend themselves well to a party bus. I don't think we have fucking USB blenders back then <laughs> for somebody to make a margarita on a charter bus. You don't want to break out the Bud Ice beer? No. From the good old days of Bud Ice. I have RCA cables hooked to the charter bus TV so that I can make a margarita. Now, with any road trip, so you need to have a mixtape. Yeah. You need to have some tunes. So I did a two-sided mixtape. Side A, Ario Speedwagon rolling with the changes. Temptations, Ain't Too Proud to Beg. Brian Adams, Only the Strong Survive, because it's my favorite Brian Adams song. I need Phil Collins to studio. Fleetwood Mac, Gypsy, if I need some mellow stuff. Give me New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough. There you go. Even better. Side B, we're going to go with Huey Lewis and the News, The Power of Love. We're going to do Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, December 1963. Oh, no. Level 42, Something About You. And then Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. That one went 90, very new. 93, 94. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So I went with the band. Traditionally, we usually have a band. Just one band, yeah. One of the bands getting out of the limo at the end of Wayne's World 2 during the credits. Oh. Gin Blossom. That's right. So I, if we wanted to go retro, those who've been with us on the Pool Scene Podcast since day one, you OG pool sceners will know how much we mentioned Aerosmith. Yes. In season one. So a lot of Wayne's World 2. 
two has to do with Aerosmith. I did not go Aerosmith. When Gin Blossoms, I'm sure at a festival like this, there's a number of bands I'd like to catch, but limited to one, I'll say Gin Blossoms. We're going to go see Gin Blossoms in what, about three weeks? At a festival almost. Almost. It's yeah. the uh, Bare Naked last, Ladies. Last Summer on Earth tour. Yeah, which sounds fitting. Bare, Bare Naked Ladies, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Sprocket, Gin Blossoms. I started listening to other Toad the Wet Sprocket songs just so I can get adjusted to the library. Not good? Ah, uh, I like, you know, All I Want. Be but drinking beers during that. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Play All I Want. Damn, motherfucker. We pick traditionally one date, but I need to fill out my Winnebago. So I'm bringing Phoebe Case 1982, and then I'm bringing Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. And then here's your curveball, Meryl Streep. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I think she could fucking party. Okay. I think she'd be cool. Plus her and Arnold can hook up. In the stand universe, he could uh, protect you guys. Come here, Meryl. It's just funny because I keep thinking, I'm like, you're in the stand universe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What are you doing at Santa Monica Pier? Well, Arnold could go right up the road and work <laughs> out at Beach. Muscle Beach. It's right there. That's right. My actress date proved she could party in Dazed and Confused. That's right. On the bus trip to and from, I'm partying and sitting with Mila Jovovich. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I think it'll be a good time. I know it's a little bit beyond it, but every time I see Mila Jovovich, I cannot help but say Lilu Dallas yep. Multipass. So I'm bringing just a couple movies with me because we need to watch it to fill out the trip for a little downtime. Of course, it's a road trip. I'm bringing Ashley and Poon's vacation. There's some women on board. We need to bring a rom-com. And I appreciate this rom-com when Harry met Sally. Okay. Then, of course, we need an action movie. We need Die Hard. Okay. And then, of course, I want one of my favorite movies and we covered here on the podcast. I want Bachelor Party. Oh, awesome. How? Uh, so you don't want Bachelor Party 2. No, I, I totally forgot that existed until you sent me that shit. picture. I almost was going to buy it, but it was all scratched up. How long is this trip? This trip? Like hours. According to when I plotted it, it is 47 hour trip straight nonstop. Are you driving? We're going to take, it's going to be between me driving and I'm going to give a couple, I'm going to give I, a shift to Arnold. No fucking way am I driving. And 47 on straight my, hours? On, we're getting a driver for I figure it, at certain points we're going to stop like twice throughout the country. Have to. Yeah. All right. So movie for me, the show's over. We're tired. We're dirty. We're hungover. That seven hour trip home, it's going to feel way longer than that. To kill time, we're going to play movies on the bus. Love the charter bus televisions. The first movie... Easy, funny watch. It's Coneheads. <laughs> nice. I was, I was going to say Wayne's World, but then that may have caused a rip in the time-space continuum. Yeah. You can't be going to Wayne's Talk and also watching Wayne's World. It's like Time Cop. You can't do it. <laughs> you can't. What if Wayne ran into Wayne? You can't do it. No. All right. Well, the pool party has ended. That was a fun one. Time to get back in the metaphysical time-space continuum pool. Miyoski! I'm Miyoski. I'm here to save you. What happened? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm coming in, okay? I'm scared. Uh, don't be. It'll all be all right. Critical question. Did you go on any school trips or even field trips that you have memories of? Yes, I have one big one. We went to the Natural History Museum in Cleveland. This was in fourth grade. At the time in fourth grade, I've mentioned her on the podcast before. The, the girl, like the ace of H.C. Mines Elementary School. She was the Tanahashi. She was the Tanahashi of women when it came to elementary school. Becky Crawford. Yeah. She was the diamond in the rough. She was the one all the guys wanted to be with. And she was with my rival, Jim Pakovich. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate being mentioned on our little podcast. Don't really care. I don't even know. <laughs> Becky, when Becky got to high school, she went down a path that nobody expected. At this time, 
it was very preppy, like super preppy. Like Jim Pakovich was the preppiest prick and I couldn't stand him. Her best friend, we shared a friend, my friend, Melissa. And when we were on the bus to the museum, my buddy was like, why don't you ask Becky out? Why don't you ask Becky? I didn't have the gumption. So we're sitting, I'm in the back of the bus. She's about maybe six seats up sitting next to Melissa. So I yelled, how coy is this? Melissa, ask Becky if she'll go out with me. Like she can't fucking hear it. All of a sudden I see Becky look at Melissa and go, she said, yes. I remember sitting at the back of the bus going, yes, like I was celebrating like I won the fucking Super Bowl. Yes. So I remember buying her. I remember you'd have like um like fossilized rock or like certain sort of yeah. gemstones. I bought her a, a basically a rock that was like white and like teal blue. I think it was like called an Arthur Crystallite rock because I remember giving it to her in a box and presenting it to her. That's awesome. Because the momentous Love day. It. Three days later and because we couldn't do recess because it was like a bad storm out. So we ended up going into another homeroom and watching a movie. Everybody got together yeah. watching a movie sitting on the floor. I remember Melissa coming up to me and go, Becky broke up with you. I'm like, why did Becky break up with me? She said, Jim said that you called her a slut. And I remember looking at Melissa and go, what is a slut? (laughs) I had no idea what's a slut. And that ended it for me, but I'll never forget that. in those three days. I had the girl for three days. Did you talk to her in those three days? We like hung out in the playground. Okay. Like cool shit. Like I would be playing. Did you exchange love notes? Did you talk on the phone? No phone. No love notes. I would show off her on the basketball court and then I would play. I would show off. And then I remember one time I showed off playing hang tough on the jungle gyms with my buddy Steve Abbott. And he dropped me and knocked knocked the fucking wind out of me. And I felt hurt because she didn't come over to check me out. So when I was young, uh, these, uh, I don't know why, but these two girls both liked me. I like both. I just love girls. But uh, both of them liked me. Yeah. And there was an incident in the playground where a girl bit other girl hard enough to draw blood. God, God. I thought it was just like a girl tiff. Yeah. I didn't find out until my 20s. <laughs> That so one of the girls was around Youngstown for a while. It might even been in like a little or hall party or something, but I found or a bar or West yeah. Fest, who knows? But I, I ended up running into the girl and she wanted to go down memory lane. And I found out that much later in life, because I have no situational awareness, that it was over me. They were fighting over me. Look at that, man. Yeah. That'd feel good. Could, yes. It felt good that Girls, a girl bit another girl, girl and drew blood. Fucking Mike Tyson yeah. a girl over you, man. Yeah. That's cool. So uh yeah, so I went to Washington, DC in eighth grade, but it was mostly uneventful. I didn't go anywhere growing up. I went to uh Yeah, I uh, didn't either. So going to Washington DC was a little scary for me because I was like, oh my god, like sat with uh, Ben Riggs most of the time. We listened to a Walkman with two sets of headphones. Nice. I remember listening to Lord Tariq and Peter, Peter Guns. Guns. Deja vu. I remember listening to that a bunch and like nodding our heads to it. Everybody was like super cool on that trip. Yeah. So like uh, something I remember about the Washington DC trip is like, it's cool. There's clicks. There's, there's just people who there don't hang is. out with other people. It doesn't necessarily mean they're bullying them or anything, but like, you know, these kids didn't hang out with those kids, but on that Washington DC trip, it was kind of like everybody just sort of hung out with everybody. Yeah. It was kind of neat. It was, uh, I liked it, but the really memorable ones in high school, we were in business professionals of America. Okay. We went to Columbus like three times. And all my friends were in Business Professionals of America. And we got to go on like a charter bus trip. I remember this kid snuck on the bus and got to stay on the whole trip. And and then he got back home and they suspended him. But it's like he got a free trip for like a weekend. He was actually trying to fornicate with a girl who was also on the trip. Oh, and wow. uh, so he was like, I'm just going to, they won't know. 
He's yeah. like, I'm going to just get on the bus just, and they'll, just they'll never tip. know. Yeah. Sure enough, gets on the bus. They didn't realize until near Mansfield, there's that McDonald's with a gift shop. Yeah, I remember that one. So there's the McDonald's with the gift shop. They realized at that point he wasn't supposed to be on the bus. Yeah, we got to go to like Columbus and they took us to Easton and they let us just wander around on our own. I mean, we were in high school. Well, yeah. Like, just wandering around on our own in Easton. I remember uh, one of the chaperones, the teachers got drunk. And I remember this girl, like one of the, it was wild. Everybody's like running around being crazy. But this girl, somebody kept calling her room. And she was like, I think it's Mr. Cavalli. I think he's drunk. And she thought the oh, teacher God. kept calling her room. It was wild. It was like, it was a really just these, it was like senior trip. It was yeah. like these crazy trips. We went on three of them to uh, Columbus. And then I got to go to Chicago, which was like the first time I flew. And uh, I was there for like 10 days, placed fourth in the country. Nice. Digital media production. I got a big karate kid trophy still at my, my parents' house. And then Chris met you out in the parking lot and snapped it. Yeah. He, uh, punched through the my car window so it was a shame <laughs> somebody else who punched through my car window after uh carving nicole forever into their chest was mr david mccall it all could have been different mr walker you should have allowed nature to take its course he wanted to come on a road trip could you imagine him uh, on a fucking road trip david mccall no please no jesus christ uh logic what do you, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with logic well i said it earlier they broke into the principal's house middle yes. of the day for a party dags and reggie invite you to total destruction 12 o'clock 237 stratford road that's your house, sir. They don't get in trouble with the law. All they get is a Saturday detention. Well, they eat his fish. And Miyoski swallows Miyoski it. Miyoski eats his fish. Carla tries to screw Dags in the principal's bedroom. Which, yeah. Which he turns down. But I find it funny that why the fuck would you have a party in the middle of the day? It's awesome. It's senior skip day. And then at that point, if I'm Moss, I'm fucking calling the cops. Yeah. Right. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'm not detention. You're wrecking no. my house. Which it's funny because the detention that they get, what's it become? It's not even punishment. No. Because they get that one teacher who comes in and he's like, I know just the thing. That guy brings in the pregnancy Yeah, he brings in the old pregnancy Fast Eddie video. Pull out. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Lisa Perkins writes the letter herself. Yes. Which we didn't mention. Wanda and Reggie end up writing Freddy versus Jason eight years before it happened. Did you ever wonder if Jason has nightmares and if Freddy can invade his nightmares? Yeah. I think about that all the time. They're at the DC hotel party. That's right. They're sitting on the couch and they're watching just what movie. There's like a Godzilla movie or something. Wanda says to Reggie, do you ever think that Jason has nightmares and Freddy invades them? And Reggie's like, I think about that all the time. And it's like, that's the plot of Freddy versus Jason. They wrote it eight years before it happened, which I'm sure they weren't the only ones to ever have that idea. The fantasy booking. But yes. That movie ended up being very disappointing. I love it. Did you? It's great. Yeah, I I was. I didn't like it that much. A president of the United States is not going to read a letter so meaningless. Senator Lerman, I just finished reading a letter from some students from your state expressing their concern over our education system. Uh Uh-huh. 
This is one of the most intelligent letters I've ever read. Like you're telling me somehow the secretary is like, Mr. President, you need to read this. Yes, note. right. And then I want these kids to show up. Yes. Here. First of all, that fucking letter is getting nowhere near well, the White House. Yeah, right. At all. Right. Well, he's writing an education reform bill. Yeah. So I just wonder if he needed like something like that to pair with his education reform bill. hearing. funny as but hell. But then Senator Lerman's writing his own education reform bill, which includes putting a bounty burger in every school perfect which sense. is great yeah. makes total sense when dags and reggie trash moss's car first off there's a wooden flagpole moss parks his car directly in front of the school on the curb which also is very weird. Nowhere near a parking lot. No, it's just like in front of the school. There's not even a space. It's literally there in like the U or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I thought you'd get a kick out of this when Reggie hiding behind Dag says, yeah, he ran away. It was a guy in a Billy Joel t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately I thought of you. I don't know why. Why? That's the most like random pool. But he says it was a guy in a Billy Joel, Joel t-shirt. t-shirt. Miyoski has abnormal piss. Yeah, I've never well, seen a guy that pisses like a fire hose and caps so it off that so quickly. Sense doesn't make, that scene doesn't make sense at all. Not at all. Miyoski just, <laughs> he just drops his pants, yeah. opens the back of the bus and, and starts pissing. The van that Travis is in is following them, but yeah. not so closely that that amount of piss would be getting on the windshield. <laughs> it's like a fire hose. It's like a fire hose, but also would they not realize, because Travis says, unusual weather pattern. Yeah. But then wouldn't they be like, this guy's dick is out and he's pissing on our our van they know sell it i also find it hilarious that travis bums a ride with a guy who's called mr woo and he just calls him sulu Sulu. Sulu. he's a woo my name is mr woo so does travis chase them the whole movie over reggie calling him a dickhead for not knowing his way around the neighborhood i think that's it i don't think there's any other reason travis is the world's worst lifeguard yeah i quote this all the time He's standing in the road and he's just going, the cars will you mean stop. crossing guard. Our, I keep saying said lifeguard. lifeguard. I, I've said it multiple times. Well, he saves lives. But yes, crossing guard. So he's the world's worst crossing guard. He's standing there and he's going, go. 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 Don't worry. I'm a professional. I know exactly what I'm doing. Go. The cars will stop. Go. <laughs> go. The cars will stop. Go. And he's telling the girl to just cross the street. So they have like an old like army Jeep. Yeah. And they pull up in the army Jeep and they're asking how to get to like a certain street. I think that's when they're looking for Moss's house. <laughs> and Travis says he doesn't know. And and Reggie, classic Reggie says, hey, dickhead, don't you know your way around the neighborhood? I think Travis takes on a grudge. And he held a grudge. Yeah. And not only is he a huge Star Trek fan, he goes beyond huge. He has oh, it's a, a bridge set up in his wood panel basement with cut out characters that he hand drawn. Yeah. He communicates to him and he pretends they're talking back. Yeah. And then he has her in his convertible. convertible. Mr. Spock, your analysis. Uh Uh-huh. 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 I agree. We have to stop him. Lieutenant Uhura, accompany me to the transporter. Also, speaking of which, after... They take that jump into the quarry water, or is this one kid I used to work with would call it quarry? He could not pronounce quarry to say it was quarry or quarry. Quarry. He's like, yeah, jumped in the quarry. Let's go to Nelson Ledges and jump in the quarry. So Travis, who uses the voice of William Shatner as Captain Kirk, mind you, but he just calls himself uh-huh. Travis. Ahem. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ahem. Uh-huh. Uh He holds his breath under that water for, it seems like forever. 
He has the lung capacity of a dolphin. It is tremendous. He pops up, it seems like 20 minutes after they made impact into the water. First, I will say I'm the world's only National Lampoon senior trip fan. Like, I love this movie. I'm like a senior trip super fan. I haven't seen this, but there was an alternate ending. Apparently, they played this movie on television before, and this was an alternate ending for television. Okay. I've never seen it. The president attends Fairmount's graduation ceremony. Travis crashes the ceremony with dynamite strapped to himself. Jesus Christ. Threatening to blow up the auditorium. He's apprehended by Secret Service. Reggie and Dags play tug of war with Travis's gun, which he has a gun to, and he's dropped it. And Dags and Reggie are like playing tug of war. The gun goes off while the president is in the line of fire. Someone off camera is shot while Reggie and Dags say, uh-oh, as the movie ends. So they may have shot the president. Jesus Christ, does that movie end on a weird note? Yeah. You kill the president. Right. So Travis meets his end in this. He gets on top of the bus as it's speeding to get to the White House. Yeah to stop Senator Lerman from trotting Miyoski out there. And he gets basically like brutalized by an overpass. Yeah. Because the bus, there's like low clearance and he's on top of the bus. It's sort of actually... In a way, that's sort of the third speed reference. Yeah, that's right. Because Howard Payne. First, there's Reggie doing the pop quiz hot shot at the convenience yes. store. Pop quiz hot shots. You have 10 underage students craving alcoholic beverages in a store containing your high school principal. What do you do? What do you do? He says, like, you've got a bunch of thirsty kids and one principal. What do you do? And then um, you have Dags say he's going to jump the lake. Yep. Because when Red's dead, Dags takes over and he says, I'm going to jump, jump it. the lake. Yeah. And then he stops. But then essentially the way that Travis meets his seeming end is literally the Howard Payne thing from speed. Except he doesn't get decapitated. So they really loved speed. Big time. Wow. Spock, see me up. The bus says Columbus area schools, but it should say Dayton. It should say Dayton. Okay, there's a throwaway. And then this one. Why didn't Miyoski use the elevator he just got off of to go after his Japanese goddess instead of the stairs? Nothing makes sense about that. And then he proceeds to jump down the elevator shaft to her and not fucking get hurt. Okay, so sometimes hotels weird ones have separate elevators. Like you have to use this elevator for floor one to 14 and then a different elevator for 14 to 20 or whatever. When he sees, I think her name's Demi. Yes. He sees her in the elevator and he's like, that's my dream girl, a blonde Japanese girl. So he sees her, he runs and the door is closed. He doesn't get to, to see her. He pries the doors open jumps on top of the elevator, or actually I think she rides one elevator first. Yes. Regardless, she goes up, gets on another elevator and then goes down. Yeah. Why? We don't know. Yeah. As Miyoski takes the stairs to run up to her. Yes. Then pries the door open and then jumps then down jumps the elevator down, shaft and he crawls through, and which says, might be another speed reference. Yes. So, yeah, it might be. <laughs> it might be your fourth. Oh my God. Yeah. Why did they love speed? Jesus. So I'm Miyoski. I'm here to save you. You got any more? Uh, yeah. Dayton to Washington, D.C., seven and a half hour drive. This is Magic Mike XXL logic. Magic Mike XXL, they go. The ultimate road trip movie. Yeah. They go from Miami. Yes. To Myrtle Beach, but somehow it's a three day drive. <laughs> but in Dayton to Washington, D.C., seven and a half hour drive. I think they say that the driver is supposed to be there at like it, it's eight on the nose. Eight or on the nose. Yeah. So they leave, assuming they leave in the morning. Yeah. If you left 
at eight o'clock, seven and a half hour drive with one stop, which is all they're allowed to have. Yep. They would be there by no later than five o'clock. Exactly. They end up turning it into now. I get that they drug the principal. Yeah. And they go on a big joy ride. But why does it take two full days it's to get nuts. to Washington, D.C.? So that one's weird. And then this one really bothers me pretty badly. Okay. When Dags and Lisa have their first kiss, he's eating food. Ugh. He's got food in his mouth. He is actively chewing. Oh, she's getting. And they kiss. I don't know what he's eating. Oh, she's getting backdraft. I couldn't want backdraft. I couldn't tell on VHS Ugh. what he's actually eating. But they go up on the roof and she's saying like, because at some point in the movie, he tells her like, you're going to wake up one day and realize you wasted your high school life. The best time like studying. Yeah. She is like, you know what? You're right. I am. And I decided that I want to do something stupid. I don't want to go to college a virgin. Deggs is like, Oh, meanwhile, he's putting food in his mouth. The whole, the whole Constantly. time he's talking to her, he's eating, he's chewing with his mouth open while he's talking to her. They start kissing. Oh. There is food in his mouth. They're sharing food. It's gross. Oh God. Bothers me. Yeah. Uh, what's the legacy of this movie forever linked to some of my young sexual experiences? <laughs> That's pretty much the only legacy of this movie beyond it being Jeremy Renner's first, first movie, movie, which is weird as well. I just loved it. This was your go-to thing to put on. It's it wasn't any type yeah, of music. It was just no, this movie. Because, I mean, there was like Titanic, but it was like, you want to come over on top? Well, I've seen that 54 times, yeah. you know, or Event Horizon. You're going to have her come scare over. scare the shit yeah. out of her. You're going to come over and watch the ICP shockumentary, <laughs> you know? So it's like Cedar trip, like lived in the, you know, the, the proper, it was a comedy. Yeah. It's funny. School related. Have to pay attention. Really? Yeah. So I have some, some fond memories of this movie and it still holds up. It's way better than grind. That's kind of our standard on this podcast. Yeah. That's better or worse than grind. Almost it, nothing is worse than grind. It's way better than grind. Yeah. Really like it. Okay. Jim, anything else before we jump the plugs? That's a negative. Let's do plugs. This exciting offer is available, but only for a limited time. So buy it now. Why do they say that? Yeah, like we're actually going to get up and go. McDonald's famous original double cheeseburger and sausage McMuffin with egg are each just 95 cents, but only for a limited time. So buy it now. Hi, I'm Rob Leonard, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, thank you once again for checking out the podcast this week. And don't forget, if you guys missed an episode, check us out. Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and other podcast listening sites. And while you're there, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow. Hey, you leave us a five-star review on Apple, we choose it, you win a prize. It's just that easy. Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, TikTok. Yo, we're trendy, at Pool Scene Pod 1. And once again, guys, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And now, back to Kevin. All right, we're we're driving around wildly with with Red the Dope King. But, yeah, man. But Red, it's time the final lap. Yeah, the final lap. So, Kevin, a couple a couple weeks ago, it might have been a couple months ago, I referenced this in the final lap. Remember the girl who sold farts in a jar? Oh, my God. Yes. That fucking weird chick. Well, guess what? She's up to more weird shit, Kevin. Jungle! 
She makes $5,000 per day selling her own boob sweat. Why? She has moved from her ass to her breast water. For some reason, this girl who did it, she was on 90 Day Fiance. She said if the the sun is shining, she claims to be able to fill 10 bottles of sweat jars in one day. She sells them for 500 bucks a pot. She says, and I quote, I love sitting by the pool, but it's also hard work. Don't be fooled, Kevin. I also have a great set of breasts. And smelling the sweat, licking the sweat would bring fans as close as they can get to them. No. Fucking gross, but she's making a fortune. All right. Times are tough right now for all of us. You know, we're actively getting poorer every day. Prices are going up. There's inflation. $5 gallon. $5 gallon. Who's spending $500 on boob sweat? That's probably bathroom sink water. I don't know, Kevin. She says here also, and I quote, I like to call myself the human maple tree and the boob sweat my sap. I sit there and collect my sap the same way a maple tree does. No. Fucking gross. Oh, man. And she also learns that a simple SPF 30 won't be cutting it since I burn quite badly on her chest, which she said. So she's getting sunburn on those. Titties. Oh, darn. What a shame. Her, her, she probably file for a disability since <laughs> she got her job is laying by the pool and she got sunburned. All right. What do you got, Kev? When we covered the first Top Gun movie a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that the movie was based on a California magazine article called Top Guns, written by Ahud Yone and published in May 1983. Because remember, we got a kick out of California Magazine. Yes. Ahud died in 2012 in Israel, where he was living. His sons, who currently live in Israel, are suing Paramount Pictures. I think they're probably going to get paid. When you base a movie on a book or a comic book or magazine article or a board game or whatever, you have to purchase the rights. You have to. So those rights expire. You don't just pay money and get the rights to them forever. And you don't, yeah, you just don't blanket usage for the rest of your life. So basically the copyright for the Top Guns article that was this based off of had expired and therefore reverted back to Ehud's estate. Paramount, before making Maverick, did not renew the rights to the article it was based on, which the slam dunk in court is in the first Top Gun movie. I'm pretty sure there's a title card that says based on the it does too. based on the article Top Guns right there is the slam dunk. It wasn't in Maverick credits. Maverick did not obtain the rights to the Top Guns article. They are getting paid. My guess is it will be an out of court settlement. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to know how much because if I'm them, I'm just like sitting at home counting. It's like this made a billion oh, now. Billion? Oh, it's up to 1.5. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, oh. without our dad's article, there's no movie. Nope. So I'd be happy. I'd be like, yeah, we'll, we'll take a hundred million, a hundred million dollars. Give me a hundred million. I mean, sometimes you see people do these sort of things and you think, eh, it's a cash grab. Yeah. Stretch. No, I this think is legitimate. About a, a valid argument. Yes. Also, Kevin, two more things. For the first time I can say in forever watching wrestling, I almost threw up. Cody Rhodes's peck yeah. ripped off the bone, yet he still wrestled. No reason. And as the match was going on, it was a Hell in a Cell match. He's getting brutalized on the damaged chest where you can just see uh, the blood welling up under his peck even more. Well, 
Everyone had pretty much said that once you tear it from the bone, That's, there's not really any further damage. It's as bad as it's going to get. But your body compensating for that injury, yes. you could get injured further. True. That is true. That's the problem. But it's also going to be very painful no matter how much like Toradol or whatever it is they inject you with. I was in pain trying to watch him take off his uh, Homelander ring gear. It's like, yeah, Jesus Christ, it, dude. It just did not. I mean, it'll go down as like an ultra gutsy performance, but I just don't. It'll be immortalized as a wrestling fig. I just oh, Jesus. I just don't understand why. Now he's probably going to be out six to eight months, probably with a torn pack because he had surgery on. Actually, you'll have surgery today. On, yeah, that's right. Or today or tomorrow when we're recording something like that. And then finally, Kevin, I have something that has really hit me right in the balls. And I've taken polls at work. I've taken polls at other things. Need to know where you stand in pool sceners. Please respond in kind. Meatball sub or meatball sandwich. There's one right answer. Say what it is. Well, I know what your answer it's is. It's meatball sub. You have these these particulars about certain things. It's a it's in a sub bun. I think it's interchangeable. I don't think it can, not if it's in a sub bun. You think if it's in a sub bun is a hot dog a sandwich? No. You never say a hot dog sandwich. No. No. So you think a, a bun? Yes. A long folded bread is a delineation between sub and sandwich. I'm sure that there's an outlier here. Now, you can't go to Subway and say, can I, it might as well call it Sandwich Way. But it's called a sub sandwich. But it's a sub though. But it's a sub sandwich. But nobody says, I want a submarine sandwich. Well, they used to. They used to, but not anymore. Well, it's, yeah. They dropped it. I think it's interchangeable. I think, I'd say, I don't, I don't care. I'll say, so there is such a thing as a meatball sandwich. Yeah. It has to be in a two pieces of bread on top of okay, one another. So if I put it on like a Kaiser roll. Okay. That's, I would call designate that a sandwich, but if it's in a bun, like a sub bun, it's a sub. I think you're going too far into semantics. Here. I don't think I am. I think I'm completely right about this. I, there's got to be a, an outlier that'll that'll break you here, but I can't think of one because I think of like chicken parm sub or buffalo chicken sub all being on sub buns. But I, I don't have any problem. I'm not mad about somebody calling it a sandwich. Yeah, well, I think people need to get their shit right. I'm just saying. Why isn't a hamburger called a hamburger sandwich? That's just so we talked about wordy stuff. That's as bad as saying Mission Impossible Death Triangle Part 1 or whatever the fuck it's called. There's too much. Yeah. Keep it simple. I'll have a, uh, a hamburger sandwich, please. Could you go up to a fucking place that sells a hamburger and be like, can I have the hamburger sandwich? So the hamburger is the thing that's on the, bun, on, the, on the bun, right? Yeah. So how did that get shortened to just hamburger? Because like if I eat turkey on, on a bun, I don't call it a turkey. Can I have a turkey? I look at it like this. We live in America. People are lazy. Want the shit simple. They're not going to say hamburger sandwich. I'm going to start it. I'm going to go to McDonald's and order a hamburger sandwich. Now, there were a couple times when I would go to Subway and go, can I have, can I just have a Subway? I that, well, you call it Chipotle, Chipotle, a Chipotle. I ate two Chipotles. Yeah, I, I always do that. I ate two Subways. Yeah, I've done that. Oh, boy. I'm a unique son of a bitch. Do you call wraps a sandwich or they're a wrap? That's no, a wrap. It's not a sandwich. My designation is a sandwich. You're two pieces of bread on top of one another. That's sandwich. Okay. So if a sub bun was cut all the way through, then it's a, almost a sandwich. Then it's not a sub anymore. The sub bun is one continuous piece, non-interrupted except at the top. Okay. All right. I, I think we've beaten this dead horse sandwich long enough. I win via submission. <laughs> yeah, basically. Survey says one more for the good guys. I'm going to think of some, though. And pool seniors, I want you to think of some. Yes. To, uh, call Jim out on why he's uh, right or wrong. Bring Whatever. it on, people. Bring it on. Next week, we're going to have something cool. We always do. We'll have a movie. We'll, have a, we'll watch a movie. <laughs> 
I might, we might record and talk about it. Yeah. I'm going to outside of Seattle, Washington for a week here coming up. So the schedule should remain the same. Yes. I think we're going to work around it, but uh, we'll have something for you next week. So That's until right. then, silencia.